Greetings, Earthlings, and welcome back to Podcastage. Today, I am back with a review of another industry standard, the Shure SM81. If you are interested in this microphone, it will cost you around $400. Like always, I'll throw some affiliate links in the description down below. Also, for this review, I'm running the microphone directly into the Focusrite 18i 22nd Gen with my gain set at 4 o'clock. I will not do any kind of post-processing, but I may have to boost it a little bit in post, so check the doobly-doo to see what I diddly did. And now, let's talk about what comes in the box. First off, you get a zippered storage bag. You're going to get the microphone. A little bit of a foam windscreen to go on the end of this thing. A plastic hard mount, as well as a 5 8 to 3 8 inch microphone stand adapter a cable tie, some documentation, and a sticker. Oh god, I hate them. They are the worst. One thing can be said, it's a very durable sticker. <laughs> Can't even tear the dang thing. Amazing. Then as far as the build quality, I have zero complaints about this thing because it feels absolutely fantastic. It has an all-metal body. The grill at the end is also metal and it has no give to it. Right beneath the capsule, you will find a negative 10 dB slider pad. You will then find a high-pass filter selection switch. As we move around the microphone, there are no other buttons or switches. On the end, you will find the XLR port. And if it matters to you, this microphone is currently made in Mexico. Then as far as the specs, this microphone has a cardioid polar pattern, a frequency response of 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. Look how flat that thing is. A sensitivity of around negative 45 dB, a self noise of 16 dBA, a max SPL of 138 dB, an impedance of 150 ohms, and a phantom power requirement of 11 to 52 volts. Now I am spinning around the SM81 so you can hear the off-axis rejection and coloration. Continuing around to 180 degrees, this is the rear of the mic. Continuing around to the second 90 degree angle, here we go. And then rotating and ending at the front of the microphone. And now I want to see how effective this microphone is at rejecting plosives and it's not good. Please bring pizza. I can't do it. I can't bring myself to do it. Use a pop filter if you're using it. It's just <laughs> no. <laughs> now I am right on top of the microphone to exaggerate the proximity effect. And here is how it's sounding. About three inches off of the mic with it pointed at the corner of my mouth. And here is how it's sounding about one foot away from the microphone, about two feet away from the SM81, and about four feet away from the Shure SM81. Now I am typing on a keyboard with Gatoron Blue switches to see how much of my voice versus how much of the keyboard it picks up. And for the gaming folk, now I am typing on the sad W and the spacebar keys. Now, here is how the microphone sounds in a well-treated room. And now, here is how the microphone sounds in a completely untreated room. Now, here is how the microphone sounds being underboomed about 9 inches away from my mouth in a well-treated room. Just for good measure, here is how the microphone sounds in a completely untreated room, under-booming about 9 inches away from my mouth. 
And now here is how the microphone sounds being overhead boomed about 10 or 11 inches away from my mouth in a well-treated room. And here is how the microphone sounds overhead boomed about 11 inches away from my mouth in a completely untreated space. Now I want to see how effective the microphone and the microphone's mounts are at rejecting shocks. I'll start by tapping on my desk to see how much of that it can reject. And then I will tap on the boom arm. Now because I'm annoying, I'm going to tap on the body of the microphone to see if there are any kind of resonant frequencies. Now I want to see what kind of effect the provided foam windscreen has on the sound of the microphone. Currently, the microphone is in neutral mode and I do not have the foam windscreen installed. And here is how the microphone sounds with the provided foam windscreen. And just for another example, here is how the microphone sounds without the provided foam windscreen. And for good measure, here is another sample of the microphone with the provided foam windscreen. Next, I want to see how the signal is attenuated once we engage the pad, so I will go ahead and slide that over, and now the pad is engaged. You heard that click. Let me go ahead and rotate it back, and the pad is disengaged, and I am back at the regular level with a few clicks and clacks here and there. So be careful when you're engaging or disengaging the pad. Now I want to demonstrate the high pass filter on this thing so I am very close to the microphone to exaggerate the proximity effect. The microphone is currently in the neutral mode and here is how it sounds. Now I have the high pass filter set to the first position which is a negative 6 dB per octave at 100 Hz high pass filter and here is how it's sounding. And now I have the high pass on the second position, which is a negative 18 dB per octave at 80 Hertz high pass filter. So a bit more aggressive and here is how it sounds. And we are back on neutral. Now, like we always do, we're going to do a quick spoken word comparison between the microphone we're reviewing and a couple other microphones that are available so we can see how it stacks up against some competition and hear it in the context of the market. Market, market. Market, Marquette. You know what I'm trying to say. We'll start on the Shure SM81. I am six inches away in the neutral mode. My gain is set at four o'clock and here is how it sounds. First, we have the Rode M5, which goes for about $200 for a stereo set. So these are $100 a piece. I am six inches off. My gain is set at three o'clock because this is much hotter. And here is how this compares to the SM81. Back again on the Shure SM81, nothing has changed. Here is how it sounds. Let's jump to another microphone. Now we are on the Sennheiser E614, which goes for about $200. I am six inches off. My gain is back up at four o'clock. And here is how this compares to a microphone that is 2x the price. Let's go back to it and do some more. Back again for a third comparison, but first, this is the SM81, still at the same distance with the same gain setting. Let's jump to that third microphone. Now I am on the SE Electronics SE8, which goes for about $285, neutral mode with no pad engaged, six inches off, gain set at around two o'clock, and here is how this compares to the SM81. 
let's do a, a, more. I don't want to qualify. <laughs> All right, we are on the fourth microphone comparison. Make sure to check the lower third to see how much I boost each of these microphones in post, but this is the SM81 in neutral mode. Let's go to the next one. Now we are on the Octava MK012, which goes for about $300. I have the cardioid capsule, six inches off, gain set at three o'clock, and here is how this compares to the Shure. Let's go back to the Shure. All right, again, this is the Shure SM81. Were you expecting anything different? You shouldn't have been. SM81, here is how it sounds. Next, microphone. Next, we are on the Bayer Dynamic MC930, which goes for about $460. No pad, no high pass filter engaged. I am six inches off. My gain is set at around 130. And here is how this compares to the Sure. We have two more to go, so let's get to doing. Does it do it now? All right, we have two more microphones to go, but first, palette cleanser SM81. Yes, I pronounced microphone. Very weird last time. I just thought it was fun. Let's go, <laughs> let's go to the next one. Next, we are on the Neumann. Hello, Neumann. KM184, which is the cardioid SDC. This goes for about $900. I am six inches off. My gain is set at around two o'clock. And here is how this microphone sounds against a microphone that is $500-ish cheaper. Let's go back and do one more mic. All right, we have one more microphone to go. Most of you know what it's going to be. If you don't, leave your guesses down below. Although you can just look at the timestamps and there's no guessing. So SM81, let's jump to the final mic. And finally, we are on the Neumann. Hello, Neumann U87AI. This goes for about $3,700. I know people are so annoyed with me for that bit. <laughs> I'm never gonna stop. I am on the cardioid polar pattern, no pad, no filter engaged, and my gain is set at around 11.30, six inches away, did I say that? And here is how this compares to a, a, a microphone that's not comparable to it at all. Control. Okay, let's go ahead and jump to the music test where I just decided to sing way out of my register, so it doesn't sound good, but we're going to listen to it anyway. <laughs> It's about that time of year again We call it Halloween We hang out with the dead Now technically it's the day before Halloween for me and for you if you're watching this on the day of release it is the day after Halloween So we kind of have a Halloween sandwich What would the topping on that be? But also <laughs> completely irrelevant I think it still makes it fair to call it Halloween season, Halloween time, whatever I said. So that's a good compromise. Understood? 
You have no say in the matter because it's already recorded. Let's go to the conclusion. All right, I think I may have reviewed myself into a corner here because by diving into small diaphragm condensers with the KM184 and the SM81, I may have spoiled every other SDC for me because I started with two microphones that I'm absolutely blown away by and that I love. And first up, as far as pros, the first one for me is the neutral sound profile. If you want to be analytic and just look at the frequency response graph, it is pretty darn flat. I really appreciate that sound. I like how natural and neutral and realistic it sounds. Secondly, I found all of the high pass filter settings to be very usable and they weren't too aggressive. But then we get to the cons and the first one for me is the sensitivity. For a small diaphragm condenser, the output is a little bit quiet. You're going to have to drive your preamp a bit harder than you're used to. Also, that high pass filter that I enjoy, the dial is a little bit difficult to manage. The pad, when you engage it and disengage it, there is a bit of snap crackling and popping, which is not ideal. You will need to be very careful with that. I think you need to be careful whenever you're engaging or disengaging a pad. And just like I said with the Neumann, this thing is terrible with air, so it's more of an FYI. Use the windscreen and use a pop filter if you're going to be doing vocals with it. And now what are my overall thoughts and opinions of the Shure SM81? On the electric guitar, it is a very unexciting, somewhat boring sound, which is kind of what you'd expect based on the neutrality of the frequency response graph. I did find that the lows and low mids were a bit more than I was expecting compared to some other SDCs. So throwing on a high pass filter or a cut, I found focused around 150 or 160 cleaned that up a little bit. But then when we get to the general mids, the treble and the air, we do get that neutrality, that somewhat boring sound profile. It doesn't give you this really aggressive and exciting sound. It just captures what's in front of it. It's not my favorite because I like more aggressive sounding recordings of an electric. But if you want that accuracy, I think it sounds great for that use and to capture that sound. Next on the acoustic guitar, I think this thing sounds absolutely fantastic. It does give you less of that lively and exciting sound that some other SDCs offer because it doesn't have that bump in the treble and air which would give you that more bright sound. This gives you more of a reserved top end, but it still has that articulation. It still captures the attack and the detail off of the strings. The mids on this microphone came across nice and clear. I had zero complaints there. I did notice that this mic tended to exhibit a bit more proximity effect than other SDCs. So if you are going to be miking up an acoustic guitar closer than one meter, you will need to take that into account and maybe EQ a little bit of that out or use the high pass filters on the mic. Next up for singing, I think this thing offers a very smooth and realistic sound profile, which I found very nice. I did think that the proximity effect got a little bit much, so if you are going to be close miking, take that into account, EQ it, use the high pass filter. The mids, because this doesn't have that typical V shape, it doesn't have that boost in the low end and a big presence treble and air boost, 
I think the mids come across a little bit more dominant than you may be used to hearing, but in reality, that's just because it is more of a neutral and natural sound profile, and you don't have the big treble and air boost to offset what you're hearing in the mids. Then in the top end, you do get the detail, you do get the articulation, but it is not harsh, it is not grainy, it is not gritty, it is not sibilant. It is just a great and neutral sounding microphone for that application, but to reiterate, use a pop filter because sending any air into it, big, big bad, big, big bad, <laughs> don't do it. And finally, for spoken word, I am just going to repeat everything that I have already said. I really enjoy how this thing sounds, more of a neutral sound profile. It doesn't exaggerate the top end, the mids, or the bass. It is just realistic, and you do get a little bit of help with the proximity effect, which I think can be quite flattering. The top end, you do get that articulation without sounding sibilant. It works well at distance miking. I used it for a number of episodes of my podcast at about 10, 11, 12 inches overhead miking. Sounded fantastic. And to wrap up what I recommend the Shure SM81, I am sure that it is no surprise, but yes I would. If you're looking for more of a neutral and natural sounding small diaphragm condenser that can give you a bit of a fuller low end with the proximity effect, I think that's who's really going to love this microphone. I thought it sounded great on spoken word, on singing, on distance miking, overhead boom miking, under booming, all of that worked exceedingly well. On the guitars, it does give you less of an exciting sound profile, so if you're looking for that really lively and in-your-face and aggressive sound, I don't think it's going to fit the bill, but if you're looking for a more realistic and flat sound, I think this is a great option. And the last thing that I want to say is if you already have a microphone that you love, whether it be a large diaphragm condenser, small diaphragm condenser, dynamic ribbon, whatever it may be, you don't need to buy this microphone. If this microphone solves a specific issue that you have, then absolutely I recommend it. But I don't think that you just need to go out and buy this thing. But if you are kitting out a recording studio and you're looking for more of a neutral and flat sounding SDC, I think this would be a great addition to your microphone locker. All right, that is all that I've got for you today. I'm not gonna ramble on. Check the video beneath me. I bet you would absolutely love that thing. If you found this video fun, interesting, or helpful, go, I missed you, I missed you. Sorry, I'll just give you a little pat on the head. There you go, good, good boy or girl, good boy. All right, <laughs> what am I saying? If you liked the video, thumbs up, hated it, big ol' thumbs down. These people over here are amazing. I am so off my game. I love you all. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you had a safe Halloween. I will talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Whoa, 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 boop.